I like that part where it kicks in like that. I don't know. I like that part. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. It certainly is. Yay! And it's the Halloween season. It's our favorite. So, in front of me, I must tell you, Kathy made a cookie. Well, I made more than one. Just more than one? Yep. Looks like I have several. And each one of them, I must say, is quite hefty. Oh, they're dense. It's like a meal. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell everybody what the what what it is. It's a pumpkin snickerdoodle with cream cheese filling. <laughs> and it's in a very snappy little pumpkin-y Ziploc bag with little pumpkins and bats on it. And, oh, it kind of falls apart in your hand. Yeah, they're soft. I'm going like to take a me. bite while you talk to the people. Mm-hmm. Soft like you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Delicate. Uh-huh. Oh. She's not talking to you guys while I eat, but she's she's thinking about it. Mm. They're moist. They are. I know everybody hates that word. That's why I said it. A lot of people do. Those are really good. Yeah, have you, you ever like those? made those before? I have not. Was it a recipe off the interwebs or? Yes. What happened? <laughs> That's what happened. Okay. I was going to do the roll for you, but it mm. was all these different steps on a Saturday <laughs> that I didn't really feel like doing. She got lazy, folks. I mean, you have to like cook it and then pull it out and then unroll it and then put the cream cheese in it and then roll it again. And, and I'm like, I don't want to do that today, but I don't want to show up without something tomorrow. <laughs> you promised. I did. <laughs> so, And I delivered. You did. They're really good. They're really, really good. And you know what I like about them, too, is that they look big and dense, but they're actually quite, like, medium density. Like, that's why like, I didn't like put, you can eat them. Yeah, that's why I didn't put a ton of cream cheese, because mm-hmm. that would have really made it quite... Yeah, you can't even tell that it's, like, a filling, because it's just, like, a little, light, little white line yeah. through the middle of the cookie. It's really good. Good. Really good. Thank you so much for bringing those. You're very welcome. That's my lunch. So... Mm. Also, Kathy's birthday. Yes. It is Kathy's birthday. I mean, season. With, we're in, we're in the, within days of it <laughs> when you hear this, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so in front of you, you have a bag. And that bag is your... She's not talking to you. She's talking to me. Because that sounded like you were telling them. And I am. They don't have... I mean, they might have a bag in front of them, but you didn't put it there. She's parsing. Parsing the language. Oh. Uh. You have in front of you a bag. And before you speak anymore, because those are your birthday gifts, and before I take it's them away from you. a large bag. <laughs> you're going to open them. I could live in that bag. Well, you, you could fit a leg or two in there. So what you have is a big bag of gifts. I so love that. Could you open one, please? Sure. Thanks. Okay. Do you want me to read the card? Not out loud, but... Sure. Okay. Sitting right there on top of it, there's a little card. It says Kathy on the outside. It does. Did I spell your name right? You did. Cool. Oh, my God. This is a great card. This is a a cat sitting on a pizza in space with uh, some, looks like some doves or white birds eating slices while they fly by. Well, the cat 
is eating a slice himself while sitting on the pie. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this reminds me a lot of Gertie, my cat, who's on constant ecstasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because she's like the friendliest. She like rubs up against you. She didn't care who you are. When I saw that card, it kind of reminded me of just your house in general. A little bit cosmic. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit magical. A little bit crazy. She's, the card says, if a kitten eating pizza in space doesn't make your birthday awesome, then I'm out of ideas. <laughs> And that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I might be out of ideas. It doesn't get any more awesome than that. (laughs) I mean, kittens eating pizza in space. Totally. I imagine you all can find that card in your local CVS, probably. It's a cute one. Thank you. Is there an order? Nope. Big, big is fine. Just right off the top, right under the bottom, whatever. A lot of goodies in here. There's, there's a couple of goodies. (gasps) Oh. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> Holy crap, that's huge. Yeah. This is really cool. cool. This is a, a Nightmare Before Christmas mug. Jack's on the side with a little, his head spins. It almost looks like he's on a stripper pole. Yeah, you know, it's um, like in your bathroom when you have like the little indented soap it. thing. This is a great tea mug. It's a big, big, big ass mug. Yeah, I love it. But I like the colors because I like black and white. Yeah, this is great. Thank and you. And I like a big ass mug. I just was mesmerized by the fact that it had like an indentation in the yeah. mug. And then... Jack's head is like on a string and you can spin him like a widget spinner. And yeah, I know crazy. that Kathy, you know, you like, likes to widget. So what, like if I'm sitting with a client, I'm getting annoyed. I can just, I can spin the and head. And they'll be like, are you okay? No. <laughs> no, I'm not okay. You're you. bugging the crap out of me. That's beautiful. God. Well, and then it also makes the cup not quite as big as it looks because there's an indentation. So it takes some of the, <laughs> some of the girth out of it. Numero dos. Dos in orange to shoot <gasps> It's a tradition kind of at It this is point. a tradition. And yeah. we both do this to each other. I, know. <laughs> I love this. These are Friday the 13th socks. Yeah. We have a red pair with uh, Jason and his machete. <laughs> we have a white pair that's more focused on the mask mm-hmm. and, and the machete and the knives going through it with blood splattering mm-hmm. everywhere. These are great. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, we have one that says Jason Voorhees with the number 13 all over them. Oh. Is that a favorite? We have a like Camp it. Crystal Lake pair. Yeah. This is great. And so these ones are the ped kind. So the kind that just come to your ankle. These are great for like running. That's right. And there was yeah. a lot of choices, you know. Sometimes I get the long ones. The shining was the long ones all the way up the egg leg. But Yes, they were. And I appreciate those too. And then the last pair is a powder blue <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake kicking it old school Friday the 13th part one ish like yeah yeah the very beginning these are great yay and they're nice and soft well and Kathy runs and kicks things and stuff so you know need a lot of socks for those kinds of behaviors which is you know it's important and then there's one more and there's a very large and in charge one yeah oh wow this is amazing (laughs) glad you like it mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a madame leota fleece throw blanket so those of you who you know love the haunted mansion and it's a really pretty blue yeah i liked the blue that's what it actually attracted to me i'm yeah, like yeah i love this color <laughs> oh thank you oh my gosh it's super soft you're welcome you know who's gonna love this the dogs the dogs <laughs> yeah and I'm okay with that. I love this. <laughs> you use it for whoever you want to use it for. 
I figure it's a fun. It's really rug. fun. And yeah. people wouldn't necessarily know what it is when they first like just see a blue blanket. They're just going to be like, no, whatever. They, you got like, to oh, take a look. See. Oh, there's a Madame Leota. Yeah. Which is a character Thank in the Haunted you. Mansion. You're very welcome. Happy birthday. I mean, we, we always have a theme for our, for, you know, the holidays and our birthdays and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's appropriate. Horror. <laughs> I mean, that's appropriate because that's how we talk about. Remember it, right? when I got you the serial killer coloring book? I do. Yeah. Yep. And I've bought several since. <laughs> I have some Friday the Thirteenth ones. Did yeah. you? Did you get me those? I did. Yeah. And the it in the the Pennywise. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yes, that's, that's the great. one. So we have a lot of fun with that because my birthday starts the season. Her birthday sort of is right in the thick of it and ends it kind of. Yeah. Because it's right here at the end of the Halloween. Right. Well, we're not the end don't say it's the end Shannon. we can also say that it's a kickoff to just the rest of the holiday season yeah yeah right? oh for sure it could be the beginning of because then i mean i i mean we go all year right but there is an intensified shizzle correct at this moment in time so very good yes i believe you were going to talk about an event of some kind so be it is my birthday weekend yeah um, and so my friend who i've talked about on here before the one who has all the swamp machines and all that and the, <laughs> yeah. we go to halloween town and he's like i think i need another fog machine i'm like you don't but i love that you think mm-hmm, you do mm-hmm. um and his girlfriend one is for just, every room <laughs> just go rolling her eyes going whatever you want don just get whatever you want yeah right. um we are going, and I've done this before. I think I've talked about this event on the show, but they are taking me to um, the Reign of Terror. Oh, nice. And so the Reign of Terror is actually, it's won awards for being like one of the better haunted houses, especially for it not being like a massive company. Yeah. We did run into their company when we were at Midsummer Scream though, remember? I do. Yeah, and I was really excited that they were doing it again. And I have to say, these this is Reign of Terror is in it's in Thousand Oaks, California. I'm not sure if they do more than one. I just know that this is the one that we go to. I am constantly impressed with their when you go in, and it's really just like in the side of a mall, you know, like <laughs> oh, they yeah, do like it. Most it, of them are. Yeah, but but you would think it's going to be like this janky ass kind of like, okay, you know, it's going to be everybody like 16 to 19. Like and it would have been 15 years ago. Probably. Smoking their vapes <laughs> and like, you know, no, this is uh, this is done incredibly well. And if you go to the website. Yes. You'll see the props and the room. So every room has a, a different theme. And one of my favorite themes last year, I'm wondering if they'll do it again, is a, is a pi- like it's a Pirates of the Caribbean spooky nice, theme. Nice, nice, So nice. as you're coming out of that, and, and the when you're walking, the, the floor of that part of the haunted house moves, like kind of sways like a bridge. Sure. Right? So it's like all this stuff's happening to you. You come out of that, and I don't remember the order exactly, but then you're in some like sort of demon space and okay. they do a really good job at misdirection as well. And I'm looking at something last year and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see something flying. <laughs> they have two demons on harnesses. Obviously they're, they're yeah, mannequins, yeah. whatever, flying at you. <laughs> so they do. A, I'm just imagining your reaction. That's why I laughed I was so like, hard. that's so cool. Like it was one of the, I mean, it, I, I came out of it and I said to my friend, I'm like, you weren't joking. Like this is like a, <laughs> best kept secret so if you live in the southern california era area yeah i really recommend uh the reign of terror perfect um and then the other thing that i wanted to bring up i have never played this but i found it mm. and we talk about this 
topic a lot on this show. So I thought it was interesting. There is a game and some of you out there who are gamers may may know this, Mm -hmm. but it is a board game. It's not a, okay. okay. Gotcha. It's called the final girl full fright 3d plus mystery box. That's a lot of words. Yeah, but it looks really cool. The game is actually $200 and it's currently sold out. So clearly it's, it's doing really well. Right. And they're, they probably, because there's so many words, they probably gave you a lot of things. So yes. it's like expensive or whatever. Basically you, you know, it shares simili- similarities with hostage negotiator, which is another game. Um, so it is a game. I love, I'm uh, my family. We are big, like uh, board game people. So I'm really intrigued to take a look at this and I'll, I'll, I'm wondering when it's going to, you know, come back. Yeah, yeah, but, it'll come back. <laughs> but I imagine the the gist of it is everybody sort of gets to play a, a final girl and one of you actually... I'm, a, I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. And then one, so some somebody's actually the final girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope that's what it is. That sounds awesome. So it includes the final girl core box, feature film box, the Happy Trails Horror, uh, the Haunting of Creech Manor, Slaughter in the Groves, Carnage at the Carnival, Miniatures Box, and Final uh, Final Girl KSC uh, Mystery Box. So there's all these different components. Mm-hmm. The pieces look really cool. So if you go on to GameWorksCreate.com, mm-hmm. you can find it there. It looks really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And that brings up something else that I wanted to do today. Super quick. This is a little bit of a surprise, but I also got something for the studio. Oh, in honor of the season, I got something for the studio that I thought you would like. Okay, so I'm going to let you open it real quick. It's literally just in a bag uh, because I know what it is, but I have to take my headset off to go over there. So if you want to, I don't know. Okay, so (laughs) I'm intrigued. We're building. We've got our our studios getting more and more horrified. Don't look too closely at the. Okay, I just saw that it was Spirit Halloween Store. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. okay, let's Go see. For it. So that's for us, for the studio, ongoingly. <gasps> oh, shit. This is no joke. Um, are you going to open this and leave it out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to do that right now, but just uh, tell them she, what this She is. bought a Ouija board. <laughs> I remember playing with this as a kid. Yeah, we bought yeah. a Ouija board. So we've been watching a lot of, as I'm sure you guys have, a lot of like spirit movies and i programmed in our discord that's for our patrons only i programmed you know some some spirit-esque type movies that have ouija boards involved and i've also been watching some ouija movies on the side with other people i just watched a 1980s one called Witchboard. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good one. And mm-hmm. so, um, because part of the challenges in our Discord, we're doing some Halloween watch challenges, and one of them is like, watch your favorite movie. And so that was someone's favorite movie, so I watched it. Um, I, I want to talk about Snake, one of our guys yeah. on the Discord. He he's hilarious. He reminds me of like when you give kids a challenge in in school, mm-hmm. and he's like, I got it all, I did it all, and it's like yeah. <laughs> And then Pepper's comments like, you'll win if you cheat. <laughs> I was I was following. I, I'm playing along a little bit, but I'm I'm allowing our pa- patrons to play a little bit more. I really don't. Um, uh, first of all, I don't think I would win because I'm so flipping busy, but I, I'm also kind of seeing who on our Patreon will uh, beat the crap out of each other. And so far, Snake is, uh, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. But yeah. also, I must say there are other people that are now um, catching up. Yeah, like Blue's almost done with the 31-day challenge. Mm-hmm. So is Pepper. I I mean, like, yeah. everybody's really in He it. was just straight out the gate. He was very excited. Well, he had decided that he was going to win. Yeah, but and, he may not. But, but, but Snake is like, you know, he's like, 
make it harder. Come on, come on, make yeah, it harder. Bring it. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like, no, just get back to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's having a lot of fun. And um, Snake also hosts uh, movies for us every month. And yeah. those nights are a lot of fun. They are. He like creates a recipe. I know. He and re- he gives very stuff away. Detailed. I won one of the contests one month. And so I just received my gift the other day. And it's, um, it's a bag of coffee from Dead Sled Coffee. I don't know if you guys ever... Mm. If you're familiar with Dead Sled, Dead Sled Coffee, they're awesome. And he got me the new zombie flavor, Rob Zombie flavor. That's coffee. awesome. I I will. I'm still waiting on. This is no rush. I'm just saying. I also won something, sure. and I'm waiting on my um, vinyl copy of Killer Clowns from Outer Space soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, Snake's a lot of fun. He's incredibly sweet. He's a big supporter of the show, and uh, we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, so this next segment is a little thing we like to call... <laughs> that was my, an- my Muppet Animal version. Oh, yeah. yes, we just watched the Muppets Haunted Mansion. It was cute. It was super we, cute. We it's less than an that. hour. We could talk about it later, yeah. but cute on Disney Plus. You ready? Do you have a pen and paper? Are you oh, taking notes? Yeah, shit. This is, I mean, I forget. What is up with you today? I forget. Waiting for you to cue the music. And, Me? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Okay. What? <laughs> on the wrong one. What's with you today? <laughs> what horror author? had a hand in casting Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things. She plays Eleven, for those of you who have maybe never seen the series. What horror author had a hand in casting Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things? Okay. Number two. What adult beverage product did Elvira advertise in a 1980s commercial for Halloween? Halloween, the holiday, not the movie. Okay. <laughs> what product? Yep, it's an adult beverage. Show. Okay. Number three. The main title sequence to American Horror Story was done by this American designer of film. Okay. Okay. Yes. How many victims did John Wayne Gacy allegedly have? Okay. And then this last one's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. The record for fastest pumpkin carving is what? <laughs> uh, okay. Got it. I mean, I don't got it, but I got what the questions were. <laughs> so I could think about it. I didn't get any of them right out of the, I didn't write any like right out of the gate, but I made a note. So for number three, the main title sequence to American Horror Story was done by, you can also, if you don't know the person's name and maybe you're thinking you might know, Mm -hmm. you can also put down something else they might have done. Okay. Okay, good. Because I wouldn't have known the name, but the, what else this person has done. I'm like, like, you can tell by the style. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Got it. All right, so we're going to come back and after a little bit of a break and we're going to do a a conversation about 
the Halloween franchise state right now and what's coming up because it's coming up this weekend. So yay, we, yay, we will be right back. <laughs> Do you like that? It's so Scooby Doo. <laughs> It just reminds me of like when they're <laughs> tiptoeing through and they're like they're for looking sure. for the phantom. It's it's Scooby Doo. It totally is Scooby Doo. I like it so much. Uh, Mannequin Uprising gave us a new little spooky cue. For I love the, it for the season, which I have no doubt we will be using throughout the year, as opposed to yeah, just to make the show spookier as we like. Uh, so today on the show we were gonna just. Uh, chat about the Halloween franchise, not necessarily all the old movies, but we just rewatched Halloween 2018. Uh, what? Just the other night. Yeah. Like couple, a, couple, a few nights ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Halloween kills comes out this week and we're excited. I know that you in particular have a, a huge affinity for Halloween, Michael Myers. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's funny. I was having this conversation on the, the discord with Pepper who was saying how, you know, Halloween's not, one of her favorite mm-hmm. series which and, is a typical response yeah no a lot, I, a lot of people don't like it a lot of people don't like it a lot of people just don't find it that scary a lot mm-hmm. of, um, i think it's a, a lot of times too like what our associations to things are of course um and just halloween was one of the first scary scary movies that i was exposed to <laughs> much too young <laughs> um, of course my brothers were watching it with my cousins shocking i i actually have the memory of like putting my hands over my eyes and kind of opening my fingers oh, a little bit wow. and seeing the scene where he comes out in the clown suit and stabs his sister. Um, and yes. I think I was, God, we were in, it was like Christmas in Puerto Rico. Like I was probably, I don't know, five or something. And sure. And that Which is where a lot of your yeah. early horror memories come from. Yeah. You were like four or five years old. And so it really, I mean, it wasn't until years after that, that I actually like watched more of it. Okay. But so I've always loved the season of Halloween. I love uh, the holiday of Halloween. And so making an entire franchise around the holiday, it it just, there's so much about it that I love. I also really love Laurie Strode. I love her character. She, to me, is the ultimate final girl. Right. And I think also like Jamie Lee Curtis at that time, she was, you know, making a meal out of being, she was new on the scene, obviously, but then yeah. there was, she was making a meal out of being a final girl and she was just so good at it. We all know her now as, as much more of a, a full rounded, well-rounded person and who she is and what she does. But she was, that was her at the time. It she was just really made a career out of that for a while. She absolutely did. And it was by complete like accident, like serendipitous, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. So this Halloween 2018 movie is just called Halloween, and it's a direct sequel to the very first movie. It's just a strict horror. It's, you know, an hour and 45 minutes long, something like that. And the premise is this. It's been 40 years since Laurie Strode survived a vicious attack from crazed killer Michael Myers on Halloween night. Locked up in an institution, Myers manages to escape when his bus transfer goes horribly wrong. Lori now faces a terrifying showdown when the masked madman returns to Haddonfield, Illinois. But this time, she's ready for him. So we watched this movie with friends, and actually some had not seen it, which was always really fun for me, because that's just great. Uh-huh. And and the person, uh, her name is Pepper, who hadn't seen it, isn't the biggest fan of slashers. And so 
whatever she's gonna she's down she's she's just gonna watch whatever movie we're watching she's great because she'll watch whatever like a lot of us um not super judgy about the choice just more like hanging out and watching something she'd never watched it so but so she gave it a chance and honestly by the end of it she was a a huge fan of this movie and i think that's i think that's because it's not like the old franchise it's not corny right and i realize a, a lot of people including yourself kathy like love some of the halloween movies the old halloween movies and that's totally cool. It's just that this in modern day times, 2018, to, in order to make it contemporary and make it relevant again, yep. honestly, they went for a real horror movie. And I thought that was exactly the right choice. Yeah, to they, make. absolutely. So there's these like elements. It, it definitely still has the nostalgia of the first one. Um, but like Snake was saying, you know, you didn't really need, you can really just fast forward to this one as a sequel. Although the only only thing that I'll argue is I do think Halloween 2, as much as it, it was like a, a decent movie, it wasn't wonderful. It gives that additional um, storyline that helps us really understand her trauma because it just further perpetuates when she goes to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so the movie itself was whatever, but I think it's important for the storyline to go one, two, and then 2018. Yeah, I understand. And also, yeah. and, and that's coming from a space of mind of lo- of following Laurie Strode's that's story. Right. This movie is controversial in the sense that as far as strict horror film is concerned is we don't usually root for the bad guy in a horror film. Right. You know, I root for Kane Hodder. Or I'm not, <laughs> you know, I, ro- sorry, not Kane Hodder. I root for, you um, vote, you root for Kane Hodder. I do. Yeah. No matter whether he's in the movie or not. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're talking about Friday the 13th again, and I've got my men confused. Yeah, yeah. I've got my bad guys confused, which is not, <laughs> which is easy to do in our line of work. I can tell you that. I love that Nick Castle came back to play yes, Michael Myers, though, yes, too, right? Like, yes. he, he's sort of the Kane Hodder uh, of, of, sure. uh, you know, of Michael. And and so, yeah, I, I think that all of... Snake said this also, and I thought it was a good point, is it's not that the other movies were... Oh, I don't believe all of the other ones were poor. There were actually several that I really liked. I think the mm-hmm. only one that I hated was Six, the one with, what's her name, the model they go into the house and do the reality show one yeah that one was terrible but there were a lot of them like h2o i really liked i liked most of four and five mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's not that you hate the movies it, it's more Some of the do, but- it's more of the what if like he said this is what if, if we took the story a different way mm-hmm. and i like the one with paul rudd that actually might have been six where he plays tommy grown up yeah. right those were all really great it was like because i think the story of the original you think about all the different stories that could have un- unfolded. And in some of these other films, you know, you find out that, you know, Lori and Michael are related and then in some they're not. And then there's, you know, Lori's niece, which is um, Jamie. I mean, they went all these different ways, but to be real, if you are a Halloween diehard fan, one, two and 2018, and now kills and, and then that ends, last yeah. one. Oh mm-hmm. man I mean it's a great series. Yeah, that that's a solid, you know, I, I don't know how Halloween kills is gonna be and I don't know how Halloween ends is gonna be, but I'm hopeful. But I can say that this film, the two thousand eighteen film and you know, the first film those are really, you know, you should just have those in your horror mm-hmm. lexicon of, yep. of watches and, and understanding and knowing them and stuff like that. But also, I it brings me to the thought of, so we also watched uh, the Joe Bob Halloween hoedown special on Shudder. Mm-hmm. And while the movies were not Halloween centric, which I think is why ex- Twitter exploded at him, but the, <laughs> the guests were. And so what they had um, David Gordon Green on. 
who is the director of Halloween Kills and Halloween and Halloween ends, I'm presuming. I don't know what his deal is, but mm-hmm. and John Carpenter is involved, et cetera. But anyway, he was t- being interviewed and, and talking about the films. And it just gave that extra layer of where they were going with the kind of chutzpah that it really takes yeah. to have taken this and made it new. And they did. Right. You know, with the help of John Carpenter, obviously. Yeah, I I, I like a lot um, and most of what John Carpenter has done. But I think that this franchise, which did not mean to be what it ended up being. And again, I know there are a lot of people who will find who find this series very basic not very scary i i think it's one of the best slasher series ever made and i also and sort of bringing into what we do on the show is there's so many psychological elements with halloween um and specifically with one and two and then 18 is we have the story of uh, how it unfolds of how intergenerational trauma works how someone who you know sometimes when we are evaluating somebody and and this has been true and with some of the the patients that i've had to evaluate and treat in the past is it's very easy to look at somebody and just say oh my gosh this person's illusional they're paranoid they're you know they're too much they're obviously they're like really ill but if you really understand the context of what happened to them we have to differentiate the difference between real versus perceived fear and when you watch 2018 you know, Judy Greer, who plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, and I think she does a great job in it. She's had to grow up with a mother who has, this has been her reality for 40 years. So the daughter has overcorrected in a way that she's in complete denial that this is even uh, a potential like reality. You know, she's, she's had to grow up with a mother who has never been present and so there's trauma there. And then there's the granddaughter. So I really thought that that was clever that they brought in, you know, it brings more depth and it makes it more character driven than just a slasher. And I think that's something about the Halloween series that I like is that they do develop the characters well. They do. And they do it in a non, oh, let's make it a mental health nope, movie kind they, of way. Exactly. Because I'm going to have those criticisms next week of the F13, uh, the Friday the 13th <laughs> series and the way they're they're trying to do that. Terrible. We're, we're up to like seven and eight now. So tune in next week for that. But I think they do it in a way that is psycho. You understand that there's psychology at play but they're not doing some sort of heavy-handed, non-character-driven, let's talk about mental health in nope. like this like weird, blunt object kind of way. Because I thought that Jamie Lee Curtis did a really great job the first part of the movie where you understand, because you're a Michael Myers fan and a Halloween fan, you understand that she's not overstating it. Like mm-hmm. we, all, we all understand she's not overstating it as an audience. But she definitely comes off like a paranoid, mm-hmm. completely agitated, anxious mother who's like delusional and is in some kind like needing therapy kind of situation. If you take that dinner scene yes. and you just look at that as a snapshot. She just cries. I mean, and it's like, you would be annoyed by this person. You'd be like, course. oh my God. You have empathy for the kids in that moment. That's right. You're like, listen. And you do throw out anyway. Right, yeah, of course, it's 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 uh, not mutually exclusive, but yeah, she looks like a she looks like a nut. Well, and she looks like someone who's been very very traumatized. Mm-hmm. And even as a psychologist, you would sit at that dinner, and you would think, 
wow, she just really needs some support. You know, there's no boogeyman. Yeah. I mean, you would think that. Yeah. You wouldn't think that there was Michael Myers exactly. coming. You wouldn't take her seriously. Exactly. So we empathize with those kids because we would have that same reaction. Mm -hmm. But as audience members, we know that she's absolutely right. And so you're what what I how I think this succeeds from a story point of view is that you create that dialectic in the audience. The dialectic in the audience's heart is I totally get that. But wait, Michael Myers is coming to kill you. <laughs> so so she's not wrong. But I also know why they're not believing her. And that's just really solid writing. And I think it's difficult to because I, I imagine those kids as young kids and having that mom and out of context, that would create such trauma and anxiety in those kids mm -hmm. that it's surprising to me that they didn't grow up and to be just as anxious and nervous as she is. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, they allude to that a little bit like, oh, the delusions and everything caused so much anxiety and so much therapy. I had to go to therapy because my mom was so you know, delusional and paranoid uh, from her trauma, et cetera, just because you wouldn't be able to grow up in a house like that and not, not have all of that like paranoia about the world rub off on you. Of course. And so it has, except for now they're totally denying her, mm -hmm. which also begs the question of they're denying their own fear inside of themselves, which is, uh, is a thing as well. So it just, it just ends up being really right. interesting. And, and that's the overcorrection, right? Is like you have that around yep. for so long that you create a defense to it. Yep. Uh, and one, one of the things that I love about the end scene of, I'm not giving anything away if you haven't seen Halloween 2018, the end scene though, is that all three of the women kind of come together and go, oh yeah, this is happening, <laughs> right? And so and they as have- as an audience, we love that moment right. because we're like, yes, yeah, get on board. Yeah. Because then we see the trifecta of women like kicking ass, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the moment you're kind of waiting for. You're waiting for that. The tension in the audience is that you're waiting for the moment when they believe her. Yes. And they come together. Because we're all sitting there going, she's not crazy. She's <laughs> traumatized, right? And and we know she looks crazy. What I wonder what I wonder what they'll do though with this is now that the girls have experienced it as well. And the granddaughter was always had a lot of empathy because, you know, there's a generation in between that gives her that space. Yeah. But I'm wondering now if if the daughter, you know, how they're going to write her because She's now experienced this and is like, okay, mom, I got you. Yeah, now yeah. they're all traumatized. Yeah, <laughs> now in they're a, all traumatized. It's, it's a collective. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a visceral one-on-one, face-to-face -on -one, mm -hmm. kind of way, as opposed to the byproduct of trauma, you know, the, the generational trauma that exists. She's now got her own trauma and her generational trauma right. to deal with. Yeah, so... I, I just want them to make a good horror movie. You know, we talk all of psychology and trauma and stuff, but mm -hmm. honestly, this is a very good example of how it needs to be wrapped up in a well-paced, well-executed horror movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want just trauma and psychology in the middle of a not very good movie. I, I want it in the movie to be also crafted well as it's a film. It's embedded. It's not, it doesn't take precedent. Almost like when you watch. It gives the layers. When you watch, you know, Jordan Peele's stuff, he's not hitting you over the head with social justice. Right. But it's embedded just enough that you're like, oof, right? Yeah. Like the new Candyman, I think he did an excellent job at making, making it apparent that this was a film yes. about the black community and the injustice, but he made it so horror. And I think like when we're talking about, I know we're going to talk about Friday the 13th next week, but, and I know you're talking about number seven. I think the biggest difference is one, 
we care about the characters in Halloween. They've been consistent. At least Lori's been consistent through the series. So we know her. We like her. We're rooting for her. She's a final girl. Friday the 13th, it's new characters every movie, three quarters of which die or yeah. are idiots. They're not incredibly likable. Right. And then you try to make a mental health film and you're like, I don't care. This person's just annoying. Right. And we know they're going to die. Why should I care? Why should I care? There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing about it. So, so I think that that's where if you look at it, I know not everybody dissects this series the way that we do or that I do, but that's what I think I appreciate so much is you're rooting for her and he shows up in the fucking day. I mean, when you watch the first one, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these other guys, Freddie shows up in your dreams. Mm -hmm. Jason, Jason's always at night they at have a camp a or there's a context. He just drives. I don't know who taught him to drive. He just drives the station wagon. That's down a hilarious the scene in it that is. old movie. Oh my God. That's we've, we've done, we've had full conversations about the Halloween franchise before. I'll, t I'll tell you the scene though that gets me in. I, I, and I remember yeah. watching that and I remember saying I'm having a visceral memory of like being on the show and saying to you who taught who taught him how who to drive to how does he drive he went into an institution when he was like five years old and now he's driving so we're not saying they're it's a perfect series no. at all there's a lot of slop a lot crap. that doesn't make but sense but I think you're right bef just before you say what you were yeah. going to say I want to say that it's an excellent point around how the Halloween series idea concept writing you know the deborah hill characters that were created by her mm -hmm. you know that there's a heroine yeah that is a through line throughout the whole thing yep. and that's why you can root for her or you can love michael myers as a concept and as the boogeyman or whatever but you can also you just you're following Lori as opposed to f13 where you are michael Ma i'm sorry jason to when you're he's the through line he's the through line the bad guy's the through line yeah so it's just a different it's got it, a very it, different feel to it it's very different the scene in the first one i know we're, we're not in, just talking about the first one today but i another reason why i think the series just gets me is halloween's my favorite holiday i love christmas i love but as a kid i remember going to school on halloween if it was during a week even if it was on a weekend i remember celebrating halloween the whole day I remember just the anxiety of getting into my costume and, and going trick-or-treating that night. I remember living in the Midwest and there being the fall air and the crispiness and the smell, and they really recreate that in this. And then the dichotomy for this movie, and maybe why, you know, when I think about it now as I'm talking and I'm processing it, why this movie gets me is the scene where she's walking home from school. It's my most favorite time of day on Halloween day. It's right before the evening sets. You're getting excited that we're about to go trick or treating. You're done with school for the day. And there's like this four hour period where everyone goes home, they're getting ready and you can smell the fall. This is where this motherfucker attacks. Mm -hmm. He he's in that person's yard midday. And there's something about that paired association for me that makes me love it and is terrified by it all at the same time yeah yeah i love that and as you were describing that i was remembering those days when it when halloween was on a school day yeah and you had all of the holiday halloween events at school mm -hmm. too because of course there were trick-or-treating and there was art projects and whatever the crap you did at school for halloween and the and the halloween carnival and the yep. fairs and all that 
which I don't know if they have all that. I, I imagine they still have all of that in mm-hmm. schools. And then the leaving and then the quiet after mm-hmm. school. Yeah, and that like three, four hour period where everyone's just- And that just, movie has that quiet in it. It does. Which I think is just that sense memory of that of that quiet after and, school. And that's what it is for me. There's and so much terrifying. sense memory. Yep. And, to, and then to take that and make it terrifying- is so effective yep. because quiet, of course, is terrifying. And that should be a part of the day that everyone's excited about. And it's like the scene where it, it, in that very same scene, Tommy's in, in the schoolyard. Mm-hmm. Kids are going home from school. There's only a few kids left. It's probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. And he's at the school. Mm-hmm. And he appro- it's like midday of like one of the best days of the year. It, so I don't know what it is about all of that, but I'm like, this is so, so genius. Yeah, I know. So let's talk about Halloween Kills a little bit since it's coming out this week. So Laurie Strode and Tommy Doyle reunite, reunite in this one. And Tommy Doyle is played by Anthony Michael Hall, which I think is epic. It's great. And that, it's I think fitting. that's awesome. And it's fitting. So fitting. Mm-hmm. It just works so well. And I just love it when they knock it out of the park with, with casting. So it comes out on October 15th in theaters and on Peacock. The Halloween night when Michael Myers returned isn't over yet. Minutes after Laurie Strode her daughter Karen and granddaughter Allison left masked monster Michael Myers caged and burning <laughs> in Lori's basement. <sighs> Everybody who knows that watches Halloween movies or F-13 movies or any of these movies is the guy dies at the end, right? And then the guy comes back. I mean, that's not to me, it's not a spoiler, but if it's a spoiler, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, Michael Myers dies at the end of every film. That's that's just he, what happens. He raises, he 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 has risen from the ashes, right? And this, but and this I, one, this you know. this one starts in the hospital too, which will be interesting because that's a very yeah. Halloween two thing to do. Yeah, because of course they take all the girls to the yeah. hospital because mm-hmm. they've just been in an explosion and you know sliced and almost killed to death. <laughs> almost killed to death. I really like that. Killed <laughs> to death. That almost makes killed no. To death. That's just almost killed to death. As if killing is not is like a almost so Lori's rushed to the hospital with life-threatening injuries um but you know for whatever reason she believes that she's finally killed michael which i think is the first problem <laughs> like no you're gonna live your whole life with this drama you never get to have you never get to have it be over but you know michael manages to free himself and that's where i'll stop <laughs> yeah and they go forward but the cast is, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, I think is the way you pronounce it, and Robert Longstreet, and of course, uh, Anthony Michael. Hall is Tommy Doyle, bringing back the old Tommy. It looks like, I'm looking at the cast right now. There's a bunch of clips, of course, if you guys want to watch it. And I want to say, Lindsay it. Wallace, the character of Lindsay Wallace, wasn't she from number one? I don't know. Because they bring back Lindsay Wallace. I want to say she was, Lindsay, I can hear her saying it in the first one. <laughs> now you would know much more than I as far as remembering that kind of stuff, as you guys know. Terrible oh, Halloween, trivia. Halloween 4. Yeah, she's, she's uh, so they're bringing her back too. Well, so that brings me to kind of the final thing I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, I'm sorry. Lindsay's the, the girl that she babies. I mean, is the girl that, yeah, the little girl. Nice. Tommy's friend. Tommy's friend, which makes more sense in the story. Yeah. Because Tommy's there, so she would be there. But that that definitely makes me want to mention something. So in Halloween 2018, there is a piece of that story 
where his psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever it was, uh, kills for him and becomes psychotic and protective over Michael, right? Mm -hmm. We remember this part. Suggesting that perhaps it's it's catching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever Michael has is catching. It turns people into people who kill. Now, this kind of goes back for me to Halloween 4, which could have been, you know, a premise for a whole different way to go with the movies. And I think that's what they were trying to do. But where the girl is psychotic and it sets up that premise where she could have been the next, quote unquote, Michael. Like they could have gone that direction. And Michael Myers character maybe maybe would have been ancillary, but they would turn this little girl into the grown up killer. Right. And Mm -hmm. have it be a girl killer. They didn't go that way. But that also suggested that it was like it was catching as if as if psychosis, psychotic behavior is catching. If you just hang out with psychotic people, you're going to become that you're going to become, you know, a psychopath, which, you know, in reality isn't true, but it's an interesting concept for a movie. So let's take it that like, let's take it one step farther. So they're going to make Halloween kills. It's coming out this weekend. They're going to make Halloween ends for next year. And then guess what? If if you think that Halloween, the story of Halloween ends after that, you're sort of delusional. <laughs> because we're all, we, we think this series is really great. These three, even though we haven't seen the other two, the first one was so such a solid film. We have a lot of high hopes for the other two, right? And it's so packaged and it looks so great and it's in this modern time and it's amazing. But guess what? They'll make more. Oh, yeah. So... My thought is, okay, so what's that going to look like? Right? I don't know, but if Lori's not in it, I'm having a hard time. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't going to be in it. I know. So so that's the thing. So Jamie Lee Curtis has come out and said she's not going to make any more. Right. And and fair, because... She's, some, d- she's done she's People's done got to retire. People yeah. got to retire, man. She's paid her dues. And I imagine that's going to be inherent in the story as well. So we'll see how that plays out. So if Jamie Lee Curtis goes, then it could be that these these ancestors of her, you know, not ancestors, but these kids of hers, these nieces of hers, someone takes the helm kind of thing. That mm-hmm. could be part of it. They could go a different way. In fact, if they could take this idea of it's catching mm-hmm. and start a new thing, right? Like anyone could take some of the ideas that are presented in uh-huh. that way. And this idea in particular, where you could go back to Halloween four and take that girl out. What's she like? Was she grown up? You know what I mean? So there's right. lots of different things you could pull out of this and start a new thing. And that could be good too. Right. Like I, I don't, whenever I see a reboot happening, of course, your natural reaction is to kind of go like, "Ugh, what slop is this? What new hell have they brought to yeah. this particular franchise? But this is an example of how, like, I'm so glad they did it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it just keeps going, you know? It it Michael probably never will. dies. Yeah, it probably will. But um, And so will all the rest of them. But anyway, I wanted to throw that yeah. in there before we, yeah. before we wrap it up. I think people love it too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we get attached don't we we want more we get attached so thank you so much for talking about that i know halloween is important to you the movies are important to you not just the holiday so i wanted to pull that out a little bit today and happy halloween to everyone it's the middle of october and we will be right back with our halloween watches all of our horror watches and books and things we're doing we will be right back 
It's too good. It's too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, welcome back. Spooky season here on the show. So now we're going to talk about our the books we're reading and the movies we've watched and give you some review stuff. I know that for we in our book club, there's a Terror Talk book club as part of our as part of our membership that we hold on the Discord, but you have to be a, a patron to be on the Discord and then the Discord has the book club. And so our book club Book of the month picked by one of our patrons whose nickname is Blue is Rosemary's Baby. And I haven't ever read the classic. I haven't either. So this was great. I thought this was a great choice. And Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin. And what we did is, you know, we break it out so that we read it. I think I broke it out into three chunks because it's a really small book, by mm -hmm. the way, everyone. So if you haven't read it, it's a pretty small book. I think it's like 183 pages or something, and the pages are small, mm -hmm. just the way it's laid out. It's a very simply written, very simple story. Mm -hmm. We've read the first eight chapters for the book club so far, and over the next couple of weeks, we'll be done with it by October 24th. So if you happen to become a patron, join the Discord, you can join our voice chat on this book on October 24th, which is a Sunday evening. I'm enjoying it so far. It's exactly like the movie. It is. There are a couple of, um, I don't remember Terry's story being part of the movie or at least in that much depth. Okay. Um, no, sure. Certainly not. But yeah. uh, it's, it's, I find myself like picturing them, you know, picturing the actors that Me too, played her annoying voice and yes. his misogyny. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's so much misogyny. We haven't even really gotten to all of that yet, but I love it. But it's there, man. It's oh, there. The, the part where he says, I also want to focus on your job. Let's get you pregnant or whatever well, he says. Exactly. I mean, he does. well, and it's a trope. And she's like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yes, please. Oh, yeah. goody. He said, Do you yes. mean it, guy? <laughs> he said, oh, yes. stop crying. <laughs> Stop your histrionics. You're so um, hysterical. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So here's what we know, right, guys? There's a trope in horror movies that is gaslighting. It's misogynistic gaslighting. It's like horror husband gaslighting 101. And Rosemary's Baby is in that trope right. land. So they use it so that when the woman becomes strong or an alien or possessed or whatever, you've got that dichotomy of the right. man going, oh, she is strong and doesn't yeah. just give. So so it's a trope. It's the gaslighting horror husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a, is a trope in horror. And Rosemary's Baby is, you know, one of one of the well i mean it's not contemporary to us anymore but it's one of the more contemporary examples of that and it's certainly there in those first eight chapters they really set it up like oh and she's you can't help but hear her stupid vapid like character oh just God. like hello or you know? <laughs> she's either crying or unsure about something or really naive, naive, isolated. Naive. Like he's having a time of his life over at the neighbors and she's like, I'm going to die. Like she's all, you know, the whole movie she's, they definitely paint that isolation, even though she believes she's in this happy marriage. She feels very alone most of the time in it, even mm -hmm. before all of the, you know, satanic all panic ensues. Yeah, I'll be very interested to get to that in that last chunk of the reading. I'm really happy we're reading it pretty fast. Yeah, I'm because, actually going to our reads page right because now. Because that's, that's how you should probably do this book. I mean, you guys could probably sit down and read this in a day or two, just depending on how fast you read, because it is a simple story, mm -hmm. and it's short, and it's simply written. So you could you could do that, I think. I You know, you never know with these mm -hmm. older 
older books, you just some of them are super dense, and right. this this one's not so far. Right. So I I am interested to see if it continues to exactly like the movie was obviously exactly followed the book. Yep. I'll be interested to see if that's the case. If it, the, if it continues with to. the rest yeah. of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying it. I mean, I just I want to read the classics, like. Yeah, I think reading Dracula and this and and like The Exorcist and all the you know the yeah. the source material for all these really classic things is mm-hmm. an awesome way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you you're reading right now? That you no, I'm still trying. I still have like 20 pages left of Final Girl Support Group, and it continues to get the book that never ends. Oh my gosh, I have to say. I've struggled with the end. It slowed. You slowed down. At, like after you talked about it last time, you slowed. I, I knew you were going to slow down because you were kind of like, oh, I'm not feeling it. It, it. I don't know if I'm not feeling it or it. It just the I don't want to give anything away, but the the crescendo goes on and on and on. I'm like, we get it. There's this happening. Yeah. And um, I think it could have been like 30 pages less okay there you go it needed an edit it need- <laughs> like so many things these days. shannon's famous words it needed an edit. <laughs> and i i don't know and maybe if it wasn't grady hendrix i wouldn't be feeling this way because maybe. i'm so used to his style and maybe it's not a bad book i mean it's a really good book but i it's it is different it's about expectations right yeah it's almost always about expectations yeah Okay, so I want to talk about this this book uh, because it's very topical. So I read a book called Fever Dream, which is by Samantha Schweblin. It's And the movie comes out this week. So I wanted you guys to know that you don't have to read the book, obviously, to see the movie. I just saw that the movie was coming out. I saw that it was a book. I happened to be ordering books. And I actually happened to order this book not knowing. <laughs> It was a, just a total happy accident. It was on sale on Book Outlet, and I was buying up a bunch of horror movies. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I bought it, and then I started programming out for the Discord our watch-alongs with people, mm-hmm. and the movie's coming out this month. I was mm. like, oh, okay. I win. Yeah. I win the lottery. So, and it I, looks interesting. I prioritized the book. In other words, I wasn't reading it until I realized there was a movie coming out. I was like, oh, okay, let me just sit down and read this book real quick. Because what I will tell you is for those of you who have never heard of it or don't know about it, it's a very quick read. It's more of, it's kind of a novella in a way. And I wanted to give you a little information about it because I think it's really, really, really worth it. So a young woman named Amanda lies dying in a rural hospital clinic. A boy named David sits beside her. She's not his mother. He's not her child. Together, they tell a haunting story of broken souls, toxins, and the power and desperation of family. So one of the descriptions I saw was sort of like a nightmare come to life, a ghost story for the real world, a cautionary tale, this kind of stuff, fresh voice. The way it's written is like a fever dream. It's called Fever Dream. And I think one of the things that's unique about this book is that it was, you know, translated into English because it does not originate from the English language. I believe it's Argentinian. It moves really fast. You want to read it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. I didn't happen to read it in one sitting. I just couldn't. But you can because it it's definitely relentless like that. It was, you know, originally written in Spanish, translated into English. It's it's strange and interesting and like multi-layered. It's it's very very unique. My review for it, which I actually wrote on Goodreads was something along the lines of like how unique it was. It's written like a play. 
I was saying read it late at night in one sitting kind of thing because mm-hmm. it is you do feel the visceral like mm-hmm. the menace of it it's nuanced it's it is fevered it's sort of relentless like I was kind of exhausted reading it a little bit it's kind of confusing and strange but intriguing and it's got that haunting feel it's it's not a book I think I wrote something along the lines of like you won't forget it it's not a, a book you'll forget. Okay. And so I'm super, super curious as to how the, how they're going to do this movie. Because okay. if you've read the book, you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. really interesting to, to try to figure out how they're going to do it. But um, I have seen early reviews of it. And it's stuff like, you know, oh, it's going to be a... Cla- you know, it's going to be a cult classic kind of reviews, which, of course, who knows? Who knows if that's actually true, but I'm really interested to see how they're going to do it. The other the other part of it is there's a cultural piece to this where mm-hmm. they are using horror to to explore the cultural issue in Argentina and the world, basically, around toxins, toxins in our soil and water. Mm-hmm. And this this story kind of allows that exploration in kind of a Jordan Peele way in the right. sense that it's not really about that, but it's in that it's, it's there and it can, it, you can, I think if you're Argentinian and you've dealt with the soil and water issue there, it's there. Sure. It's going to be very present for you. Yeah. Whereas people perhaps that aren't as familiar with that issue and live in, in America or something aren't, you know, they're not going to even necessarily pick up on that. Right. But Anyway, yeah. okay. I wanted to throw that out there for you guys to watch the movie. And then if you wanted to read the source material, I thought it was really good. Cool. Yeah, it's a quick read. Excellent. So. All right. So let's go movies. So I am uh, mostly through. Oh, no. Uh, Midnight Mass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've only watched the first episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through. Okay. So this is Mike Flanagan's new one. Yeah. I've really been roped into this one. I mean, all of his stuff is, is <laughs> good. Who roped you? But he did. Uh, (laughs) What I think is great about this, I mean, most of what he does, there's some sort of personal experience that he brings into his his creativity, which I think is great. And I think when, I'll read you the the description of the series of people haven't watched it yet, but one of the things that I appreciate, appreciate about him the most is that he does that. So, and it really delivers because when you're watching something like Midnight Mass and you grew up in the Catholic Church, he really does a great job at pulling you into the dichotomy of, you know, faith is supposed to be the safe space, yet it also exploits people and shames people and is used and weaponized in a way that can also destroy people. And then he also has a a personal experience with addiction as well. So he was really inspired by his experiences with religion and addiction when he when he did this. So I'll read you just the beginning of the series. Riley Flynn returns to his hometown of Crockett Island, a tiny offshore fishing village after serving four years in prison for a drunk driving crash that killed a young woman. Having lost his faith during his incarceration, Riley struggles to reintegrate with the town's devout Catholic community which includes his parents, Annie and Ed, teenage brother Warren, childhood sweetheart Aaron Green, played by Katie Siegel, of course, because it's Flanagan, and she's absolutely (laughs) wonderful in it. Mm -hmm. Um, She, in the the series, she's pregnant, now working as a school teacher on the island. Zealous parishioner Bev Keen, who you just love to hate this character. This woman plays this role so well, and you just 
hate her so much. <laughs> and then Father Paul Hill and the young actor who plays the priest is also really wonderful and his voice is really just like you totally get pulled in by him and he's a newcomer who is temporarily replacing the aging monsignor pruitt whose whereabouts only um father paul seemed to know so there's like this evasiveness around like what really happened to this priest so the town is reeling economically after an oil spill that crippled its fishing industry while out at night to drink and smoke marijuana with his friends, Hooker mm -hmm. and Allie, Warren spots Warren the brothers spots strange movement in a remote island area populated by feral cats, mm. which are later mauled by an unseen entity. The following night, Riley sees the figure of Monsignor Pruitt walking along the beach amid a raging storm. Really freaky scene, by the way. But the figure soon vanishes. The next morning, hundreds of dead cats are, are discovered along the beach. So this is the introduction to the series. Mm -hmm. And there's so much embedded. First of all, Annabeth Gish plays uh, the doctor on the island. I love her. I loved her back in Mystic Pizza. But I think, <laughs> I think she looks even better now. And she's just a great actor. And she plays this role really well. Katie Siegel's always really great. I love Zach Guilford and like mm -hmm. everything that he's ever done. Me too. So there's some really great actors. And then Henry Thomas comes back. They age him with makeup. He plays the father. He's Ed Flynn. So there's a lot of different things going on in the series. Obviously there's the religious piece. Mm -hmm. There's the addiction piece. There's the supernatural piece. There's a psychological thriller piece. And then it's incredibly character driven. So if you haven't seen it, it kind of crept up on me. I didn't even know that it had come out. I had a friend that reached out to me and said, have you started Midnight Mass yet? And I'm like, I didn't even realize it was Flanagan. And I started to watch it and I'm almost done with it. And it really starts to take a turn um, and gets really effing weird. <laughs> but I uh, I really like it so far. Great. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean to finish it. I've just had too many movies to watch lately. <laughs> yeah. But I did start uh, a watch of it and got through the first episode and we had been talking about it on the Discord. Everyone's like, Mike Flanagan, gotta watch it. So Seriously. I think some people have made their way through it and some people haven't. And so everybody's kind of been holding back on their opinions to, you know, yeah. to sort of not Yeah, because I, I hear by the time you get to episode five of a friend of mine, she's like, I can't even tell you, just know when you get to five, you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that sounds to me like one of those ones I just got to sit down and pretty much binge because... It's heavy. I have a, I've had a hard time binging it, not because I don't like it. It's just, it's... it's very, no, no, very it's... Uh, what I got from the first episode, besides the setup, of course, of, of the characters, is the heaviness. And that was true of The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. So... Yeah. I haven't rewatched that series of his either. And Bly Manor. Both and of Bly them Manor. Right? But I and I haven't watched rewatched either one of no, them. I haven't either. But eventually I would like to rewatch The Haunting of Hill House because I did really enjoy that mm -hmm. originally and I'm sure there's a lot that I don't remember oh, because yeah. I really only like as I say the words The Haunting of Hill House, I remember like four scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sure there's a journey I could go on and rewatching that eventually. I, you know, I finally made my way around to M. Night Shyamalan's old okay, 2021 horror mystery thriller, just under two hours long. A tropical holiday turns into a horrific nightmare when a family visits a secluded beach that's somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. So this is one of, I, I really like M. Night Shyamalan's voice. In other words, I like his, uh, the way he goes about filmmaking, it's hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Some of it's awful. Some of it's really interesting to me. And I like his voice. I'm glad he's making movies. I did not like this film. 
I think that it's another case of there's a lot of really interesting ideas here. Again, I like his voice. I like the ideas he comes up with. The first act is executed wonderfully. But of course, like I always say, like there are just some movies where the first act was great and then the execution after that was not so much. So I know that audiences kind of like love or hate M. Night Shyamalan. I, I'm not in that camp. So just know that it's coming from that place where I don't hate him. I don't love him. I like some of his movies. I don't like others of his movies, but I like his voice because I do like movies like The Village, actually, which is mm -hmm. very divisive and people mm -hmm. often don't like it or people really like it. I like that sort of atmospheric. Yeah. I loved Signs. Spooky. Yeah, I like Signs. So there's several of his movies that I have really enjoyed. And this just didn't happen to be one of them because for me, what happened was there was no issue with the acting. There was no real issue with the way it was shot or the way it looked or, or any of that. It was more that after the first act and it's all set up and you're in the thick of it, things just start to not make sense anymore in the sense that like you start to say, but why would that happen if this happened or, but hold on, that couldn't happen because they said this before it just sort of starts to fall apart. You get my idea. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those movies that's sort of like getting meh reviews. Right. <laughs> because the execution of it is so uneven. Right. But that the idea is so great. It's such, there's such interesting ideas in this movie. Okay. So if you just happen to like M. Night Shyamalan and you're going to watch all his stuff anyway, I think that's what you might find is that there's this really interesting idea because I think that's why I wanted to watch it. I was like, oh, well, that sounds like an interesting premise. Yeah. I think a lot of his movies sound like an interesting premise. I, I he has great ideas. He has great <laughs> ideas. Uh, bless his heart. I, I like my grandma. I have, say. I have a sort of love hate relationship with him. I don't love him or hate him either, but sometimes the, what was the one that Mark Wahlberg was in? I really actually like that one. A lot of people hated it. Mm -hmm. So his movies for me are, are all or nothing. I either really like them or I'm like, that was a two and a, over that was a piece of trash that was three hours of my life i'll never get well, back that's the thing is they are often quite long and yeah. i was really surprised this one was under two hours yeah and no, i was like well that's a good start maybe he's <laughs> maybe he maybe he's learning how to edit <laughs> i watched was that all on that one yep okay uh this this is more fun because it's halloween season i watched the anthology bad candy yeah yeah. Um, so on Halloween night in New Salem, radio DJs Chili Billy, Corey Taylor, and Paul Zach Galligan tell a twisted anthology of terrifying local myths that lead to a grim end for small town residents. I, I watch these every year. They do quite a few of these anthologies around Halloween. I will say this was not one of my favorites, mm -hmm. although it did get a, a lot of recognition. I'm not really sure why they they. They, they pumped it they, I mean, publicity wise. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And they, they compare it to Pontypool and creep show and trick or treat. And I have to say, I would not put them in any of those camps, maybe elements of creep show. There was one storyline that I thought was kind of funny slash really messed up was, which is the scene of the woman who's working 
in the the morgue and she's um she ends up fucking the dead guy on oh, the table okay yeah he comes alive oh okay during the scene bonus that he was um, alive when she did that he wasn't i think he, oh. he I, I don't know if she Acted just did a really alive. great job and then he wakes up out of his death to kill her mm. it's a very gruesome scene but it, it to me i was like okay this is kind of clever like it's really <laughs> messed up and kind of clever uh <laughs> the majority of them are pretty forgettable mm. as far as i'm concerned and i was disappointed because are there you, only like three or four or are they just scads? Yeah, of little... there's no, there's about four, I think. Okay. So Zach Galligan, who I love, obviously he was in Gremlins. He did Waxwork. Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Um, Derek Russo from Jumanji and Cobra Kai. I mean, there's some really good act. They, they, they chose a lot of great people, but it wasn't one of those, like if you, if it's Halloween season and you're wondering like what to put on and watch to be scared it had that uh, Eli Roth shock value to it that I went, eh. Turned you Did off Did you a see bit. it? Nope. Yeah. I I'd not. skip it. It's been on my list, but I've been just not prioritizing it. I'm, I might watch it after Halloween season. I, I, you know what it is? Is like, I'm just, I'm such a slasher horror. And, and so I watched it and I was like really. So maybe that's a good context to tell people. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, every, you know, anybody who listens religiously knows that you like slashers. Yeah. And so it doesn't have a slasher. It, to- it, I guess it kind of does, but without any, I, I feel like a good slasher, there's still, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's still an intention to what they're doing. Of course. Uh, the, I think the first story in the anthology probably had the most of that and the rest of it, I'm like, People are just getting sliced and fucked, oh, okay. and, and I'm like, oh, so it's okay. just gore. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, bored, really. Yeah, I was bored. That's the funny thing about us is we can get real bored with the killing if there's no yeah story. We're still, we're still movie files, right? Like, right. I think people don't understand that about horror fans is that we're still wanting a very good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just happens to be that we, we are playing with the idea of fear in our movie watching. And we, we are playing with that idea and that psychological concept. And we're enjoying that. True story. The other thing I, I wanted to mention the other one that I like from M night Shyamalan is the series servant. If anybody hasn't oh, I seen never that. Saw that, it's really good. If you like creepy house craziness, but it's not about the house ultimately. So it's good. It's a good, it's a good one. I watched, so Amazon prime every year, at least the last couple of years that I know of comes out with original horror movies this time of year. And they release them. There's four of them. There was four last year. There's four this year and they release them on prime as original horror movies. Mm -hmm. And this year I have watched two out of the four so far. The first one is called bingo hell. And the second one is called black as night. So I just want to talk about them. The other two that I have not watched yet is one is Madres and the other is The Manor. So those are the four prime movies that have come out. So I watched Bingo Hell. Bingo Hell, (laughs) as you might imagine, when a sinister figure threatens the residents of a low-income community, a feisty senior citizen tries to stop him in bingo hell a wickedly original horror movie with a fiendishly funny twist blah 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 so after 60th 60 something neighborhood activist lupita discovers that her beloved local bingo hall has been taken over by a mysterious businessman named mr big 
she rallies her elderly friends to fight against <laughs> to fight back against the enigmatic entrepreneur but when her longtime neighbors begin turning up dead under grisly circumstances lapita suddenly discovers that the gentrification is the least of her problems oh boy so i you know what do you think of that premise just right out of the gate when I read that to you? Does that sound like a movie that you would want to watch? Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's got this really kind of boldness to it. There were sequences that I liked. There were some really fun kills as far as horror, horror movies are concerned. But it's not scary, really. Mm-hmm. I did think it was a lot of fun as far as like I would like to see what else the filmmakers got going on. Mm-hmm. And I do like to see people of a certain age in movies. Mm-hmm. Like I love not just watching teen horror flicks. Right. Like I lo- and I also like cult- it, for the culture to be blended. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of, even though this was an English speaking movie, I like a lot of cultural diversity sure. in the casting these days i think that's awesome and i want that now so seeing a bunch of like white teenagers get slashed isn't really necessarily a thing i need anymore Mm -hmm. even though that is of course what we get a lot of Mm -hmm. not not as much as we used to but so i like those things about it and it's not that it was mm, it's not that it's the worst movie i've ever seen and it's less than 90 minutes but I, I would not, I didn't think it was all that great. I mean, it was, you know, moderately effective and moderately socially conscious. Okay. It's got some of that going on. But I but I really would like to see what this director is going to do. Gigi Saul uh, Herrero, I think, is the name of the director. So we'll see. Okay. What else did you watch? Anything? Nope. I mean, little thing. I mean, I watched a lot of the. She's like, nope. I, I mean, I watched a lot of the movies that are just seasonal Halloween. Yeah, you know? like the yeah. the retreads or whatever. Yeah. But we'll talk about that and closer to Halloween to yeah. kind of go. I I would like when we get closer to Halloween for us to kind of go through the ones we we always watch because I'm sure lots of people have those oh, yeah. movies. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that was our watches. Let's do a little segment. We like to call. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to sing it again. Let's do the answers to your horror facts with Gab. I was going to, I don't know. I was trying to tease you, but okay. (laughs) Okay. Number one, what horror author had a hand in casting Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things? I don't know. Stephen King. Cool. I mean, that's what I was going to guess, but I didn't actually know. Just guess. I don't know. I just thought it was too obvious. (laughs) Sometimes it's just obvious. <laughs> Apparently. I'm not always trying to trick you. Oh, uh-huh. Number two, what adult beverage product did Elvira advertise in a 1980s commercial for Halloween? Coors Light. Yes. Oh, do you remember that commercial? I do. Yeah. <laughs> the, main, the main title sequence to American Horror Story was done by American designer of, of film title sequences, Blank. Do you know who it was? So I don't know who well, you were when you said maybe it's like something else uh-huh. that you've watched. Then I was like, huh? And then I thought about it, and the only thing I could think of was that it's kind of like I was a big Walking Dead fan, and I don't know. Oh, that's a good same? guess. It w- it's actually Kyle Kyle Cooper who did Seven. Oh, and if you watch the opening sequence to American Horror Stories, there's a lot of that. 
like they do a lot of that yeah. sound that you know how he does the credits backwards and Ryan Murphy sought him out specifically to do the opening credits for American Horror Story and That's and, awesome. and once you know that and you think about 7 and you watch the opening No no for sure it's like uncanny i and i'm like really totally rushing to look up if he also did the walking dead oh really yeah, only because I mean, like it's so yeah, for sure let me but go ahead but go ahead with whatever the next one okay. is and i can how <laughs> many victims did john wayne gacy allegedly have this i don't know i have no idea so allegedly he had 33 young men and boys <gasps> and this also includes assaults and murders okay so not just the people that he killed yeah okay and then lastly, the record for fastest pumpkin carving is what? <laughs> this is insane. So I was, so this, I went around and around in my head on this because I was like, well, I could say like a minute and a half, but I have a feeling it's something like 15 seconds or something. You're actually really close. Okay, it's 16.47 seconds. Wow. I mean, I'm curious, like, does that include gutting it out? There's no way. No, it must just be the carving part. <laughs> Yeah, it That's must it. just be the carving part. And there's probably some rules around cool. it. I would love to know the rules. Like, yeah. how many holes do you have to make? Exactly. <laughs> like, the, the, those seeds take me 16 hours to gut. I know. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's definitely not the gutting. No. Because that would take. That's right. He did do Walking Dead. Okay, see? So, ah, like, you see that. that get it right. But, that, I mean. Yeah, but you did. Because I said, just at least guess something he's done. So I had to. But the reason why you wouldn't necessarily know that is because. I just looked him up on IMDb and he's done a fuck ton of things. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah. But so that that's why style I'm like, is so oh, I, don't I, know. I love he his looks style. like his thing. Yeah. Okay. Yay. I'm glad I wasn't insane there. You're not insane. <laughs> but he also has done a ton of stuff. He's that's a titles right. designer, obviously. So. Yes. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate you and your horror facts yeah and this has been an episode of terror talk we appreciate you all listening happy halloween my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone <laughs>